my dogs at Simba. Yeah. Um, we had a great time together. He's hilarious. He is such a scavenger dog. And it's a stress because, like, I live in London, there's litter. Yes. But he also, like, won't let you take stuff out of his mouth. Like, it's the only time he, like, growls at yes. you is when you try and take stuff out of his mouth. Um. So I, th- so then it's like, do I just let you, like, chew just the thing? Whatever this thing is. This is so gross. <laughs> like, I don't want you to swallow, like, random miscellaneous tissue. Yes. But also, you're not letting me take it out of your mouth. <laughs> so. Yeah. I don't know what we're meant to do here, dude. Yeah, like, yeah Cricket does um, a similar thing. And it's always, like, he always finds chicken bones. Yeah. And I don't know why there are so many chicken bones in the street. Honestly. But it's like, it's you can't so eat annoying. that. Like, dogs can't have chicken bones. If you are someone that eats chicken and then discards your bones on the streets, shame on you. Shame on you. Please. And also, why? St- <laughs> what? Please just put it in a bin. Like... In the city of London, you are never more than like a hundred yards away from a bin. Yeah. Like I beg of you, just put them in the bin <laughs> because then I have to risk losing a finger to wrestle the bone out of my dog's <laughs> mouth. Like, are you going to pay the vet bills if the dog chokes on a chicken bone? No, you're not. Because I so... can't find you. And I've, it's one of those things that I'm like, I've literally <laughs> never seen anyone throw a chicken bone on the street, but no, like, clearly why? they're doing it constantly. It's so annoying. Yeah. So please don't do that. <laughs> and then, um, we had a fun afternoon because uh, my friend Cora has just got a puppy. Well, technically it's her boyfriend's puppy, but it's her puppy. Yeah. In the same way that like, technically me and Michael are getting married, but like it's me and my friend's wedding. Like it's our <laughs> wedding. Like that's how, how, that's how it's discussed in our group of friends. Like we're Absolutely. like, so what are we doing for our wedding and how's our puppy? Like that's how we talk about it. Excellent. So yeah. So she's called Gnocchi. Uh-huh. Um, and she's a little cocker spaniel and she's Aww. so cute. She just, she's in that like, like puppy floof stage mm-hmm. where she just looks like a little bear because she's yes. just so fluffy. So we brought her around to play with Simba. And after some initial um, wariness on Simba's part where he was a bit like, did you know there's a dog in my house? And he was just like a bit indignant and got a bit jealous when yeah. I would cuddle Noki because he would be like, you're my person. Why are you picking up this stranger? Yeah. Um, so there was a, some initial barking and growling, but Gnocchi took it very much in her stride. And she was just kind of like, I know you're going to fall in love with me. <laughs> like she was kind of a flirt. Yeah. Like she'd kind of run up to him and like boop his nose and then run away. Like, I know you're going to love me. And she was right because he did. And they had such a good time playing together. And it was just like, it was just so cute. Yeah. Watching them just like, rough house and run around but a thing that me and Cora were saying is like dog play can be a little bit alarming looking yes because you're like are you are you playing or are you fighting yes I don't really have any way of knowing because because it all kind of looks because they are like they're like growling Mm -hmm. and jumping on each other but I'm like, your tails are wagging so I think you're enjoying yourself well especially like puppies because they can like they're still learning. So often they do yeah. take it too far, but then like that's part of playing is like learning how hard what you can bite far. when you play and things like that. So Yeah, for yeah. sure. Um, so like we we were a little bit nervous. Also, like Gnocchi is is a bit smaller than Simba mm-hmm. currently. She'll probably end up bigger than him, but she's a bit smaller than him at the moment. But she 
she yeah she's in that puppy era of just like wanting to scrap and i think she was excited because cora was saying like a lot of their like family dogs are kind of older and she'll try and play with them and they'll be like leave me alone yeah i'm retired stop um whereas simba was like delighted by rough by the, the rough play yes um but she would kind of start things she couldn't finish. You know, she would like leap on him and then and then be shocked when she'd get like pinned. Yeah. Like, so, um, but it was just so sweet. They had such a good time. Oh. And yeah, I just puppies playing like it's so wholesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's also one of those things where you're like, I could watch this forever, I guess. Yeah. Like, it's I so really entertaining. Could have. Yeah. It really was. Yeah. yeah um what's, what's going on in your with your pack yeah um i gave crumb his summer haircut yesterday so oh my gosh he's looking how dashing he's looking good and i forget like he genuinely goes from looking like an old man to a puppy again because I, and the main thing is just i trim his little beard like it, it yeah I, it get his proper chin line back and it's like oh yeah you're you're not old at all you're a baby <laughs> Uh, and it's such a fun transformation. And I think I think he feels good like afterwards. Like he doesn't like the actual like process, but I think because he gets extra attention because everyone's like, look at you, you're so soft. Like immediately after he's like shredding, he like makes sure to like <laughs> anyone like we, we saw our neighbors and he has to go up to them and be like, look at me. Look at how I'm good <laughs> he's I like, look. are you going to say I'm soft too? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. He's, he's doing good. Um, cricket. Unfortunately, like I caught a, a flea on him. Yes, no, the day before yesterday. Nightmare. So we're having flea issues. Um, he's doing okay. I, I gave him a flea bath, and then I was doing like I was looking up just because he kept itching. The problem is he's, he, I don't know. He ha- he's a little bit neurotic, and so it's like what should have been not that big of a deal. Like he just keeps itching it. He won't stop. And yeah. so I can see like, it's like, but it's getting so pink. Like you're, yeah. you're making Leave it, it worse. Yeah. So I did a, I did a baking soda, like paste on it to try and like calm the, cool it down. So it stops itching so much. So hopefully, Bless hopefully him. that ends this poor itchy dog. Is that what you do? You put baking soda on an itch for you do, a dog? Like, it's like a, there's a paste you can make like, bake, like baking soda and water, like basically equal parts. And then you can put that on there for like you know, five, 10 minutes and then take it off. I will, we'll see if it worked kind of yet to be seen, but growing up, that's what my mom would do. I had a bunch of, um, (laughs) there were ants in the backyard. It was like an anthill and I would always go out and I love to like feed them or like give them leaves because I like to watch the ants like carry the leaf into their (laughs) hole. And I thought it was really fun, but like, obviously I was standing near an ant hill and always got bit. And Wait, you got bitten by what kind of ants are these? Just uh, I don't know, black little black ants. Black ants here don't bite. Oh well, they they were bigger. Red than, ants bite. Were they, they red ants? They weren't because we also had those around, but like they were a large. They they were a bigger black ant. Let me look yeah. at what they are. That truly sounds like my idea of hell. Like I, I know can feel it's such a funny a carpenter a fear, ant. Right. I believe they are called. Yeah. <sighs> fear rising in my chest at the thought of a bigger <laughs> black ant that bites you yeah like when you look at the close-up pictures they're horrifying but yeah these are they're carpenter ants i think maybe they're an arizona they're absolutely horrifying yeah Alexis. yeah but, okay these photos look make them look 
massive. They're not that big. Like, I just Googled it and I was like, that's not what they look like. They're not, they look just like slightly bigger black ants. Oh, they are so much bigger though, Alexis. Okay, well, it doesn't really matter. But I would always get bit because I was standing next to an anthill. And that's the thing that my mom would make to put on them to stop them from like burning and itching. So it works for humans. And I made sure it was okay for dogs and it did come up. So I was like, okay, like, let's try it. It's such an easy one to, to do. Yeah. So we'll see so far. He didn't dislike it. So yeah. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Um, we have such a good guest. We really do kind of hit the jackpot. Yeah. It's great. Um, we have Ali Berger today, who is the person behind Sesame the Possum Instagram account, which if you're not following already, do it I'm now. I'm actually so excited. Like, if you, you know, the, the meme is like the clip from Family Guy. There's like Stewie being like, oh, my God, do oh, yes. I get to introduce you to Taylor Swift? <laughs> That's how I feel like. Oh my god! Do we get to introduce you to <sighs> applesauce and sesame oh and my all the god. other possums? You're go- <sighs> because you are in for a treat. You're in for such a treat. Um, Ali is a rehabilitator, a rescuer, a opossum enthusiast, also an incredible artist. Um, yeah, and we get to learn all about her, I guess, journey, like rehabilitating these really cool animals, and we learn about them. We learn a lot about them uh it's a really great time and definitely follow her check out her books she's awesome um she is let's let's do it let's jump in i um i went over to the to the instagram and i just i i I have no words like it just (laughs) it's just so cute like it's so cute (laughs) I know isn't it it's like overwhelmingly I know and it it um I don't know I'm always floored when people act like possums aren't cute you know so I'm I'm just I I don't know so I feel like my whole thing at the moment my mission in life is to just show them just show them being super cute yeah so that people see it and then know you know yeah yeah it's it's working I think are the cutest little things so cute they're so cute i want to it's like you know that feeling where something's so cute that it makes you want to cry but also punch something like it's so yeah, cute yeah, it cute makes aggression. you yeah cute aggression that's what i get yeah. looking at this account like i want to i want to snap my phone it's so cute yeah. so ali can you tell us about your work and how you how you got into the, the possum world yeah is yeah. it possum or opossum is actually the first question oh, it's actually yeah, yeah. So technically, it's opossum. Right. Um, the there's like 103 or over 100 different species of opossums in North, Central, and South America. So in North America, we pretty much only have the Virginia opossum, which is the one that you see almost all of my photos on, or all of the photos on Sesame. Sesame the opossum, like, are all Virginia opossums. But then in Central and South America, there are all sorts of opossums. There's like a water opossum with webbed feet that has like a pouch that can close. I know. And they're actually <laughs> one of the only marsupials where the male has a pouch too. Because wow. it like, I know it protects, I think it protects his, like any of the external sex organs from getting wet when he goes swimming. Oh. <laughs> I don't know. I know it's, it's super cute, but actually if you Google them, if you Google a water possum or a yapak, which is dub Y A 
P-O-K. Um, they are really kind of like, I mean, it took me a minute to see them as cute because I was like, what the? Like, as soon as I saw the photo, I was like, what is this thing? Oh, um, my Lord. Yeah, there's like teeny tiny possums. Oh, possums too. There's like teeny tiny ones that live in, um, you know, Amazon and all different places. I feel like the Yapok are really cute. It's just most of the photos are of them with their like mouths open in like a feral shriek of rage. I'm like, that's a little bit alarming. I I, know you're so right. You know, I think, yeah, one of of my dreams um, pretty soon is to like, go down there and then get some cute photos of them because there are only like three photos online. Yeah. Yeah. And they're and all they're like, all, none of them are flat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're like bad paparazzi like, photos. Yeah, they yeah, are. Exactly. They need some good PR. Yeah. So I'm going to like go down there with my iPhone and just get really like cute close-ups. Yes. <laughs> yeah. There's like really, there's teeny tiny ones. There's all sorts of really cute ones. Um, but then possum without the O are the Australian ones. Oh, yeah. <laughs> wow. Wow. I know. So it's it's actually a pretty like it's a pretty simple distinction when it's like because I didn't know either when until I started working with opossums. But the the reason that it gets confusing is that um, a lot of Americans just call them possums. Yeah. Mm. So yeah. So a lot of you know a lot of Americans are like, well, I always knew them as possums, and we're like, well, they you can say possums; it doesn't really matter. Yeah, but... they're not going to get mad. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the possums don't care. And I say possums too. I just act like the O is silent. Yeah, you know. Yeah, so. that's kind of the way I think about it. I read the word and I go, right, the silent O, <laughs> which <laughs> right. right, exactly, exactly. Um, yeah. So tell us about how you got how you got into the opossum world. Yeah. So, um, it was actually Sesame was the first one that I took in. And, um, so that's, that's why I named, you know, I named the whole rescue after him and everything, but I didn't know too much. Um, but thankfully worked with uh, a couple of rehabber friends who really helped me figure things out because, um, possums are very finicky in terms of, first of all, all wildlife. Like I always say, get them straight to a rehabber because rehabbers, um, have like the tools, the resources, everything they need to really give them the best care. Mm-hmm. Cause I remember like when I was a kid, you know, I'd find like a little bird and my parents would be like, he's probably not going to make it. And I try to nurse him back to health and you, you wouldn't make it. But at the time I didn't, you know, I didn't really know that like there are things you can do, but if you don't know how to do them or if you don't have an incubator or, yeah. you know, you don't have the right formula. So anyway, I always tell people to get them straight to a rehabber. Um, and then especially with possums, they need like a special, um, a special recipe of formula and they need to be rehydrated correctly, reheated correctly. Um, and then, so anyway, with Sesame, I had, um, some rehabber friends who really helped me figure all that out. And, uh, and then he kind of, I mean, it just kind of started from there. It was like a slippery slope that <laughs> never stopped. <laughs> where, and how, where did you find Sesame? Um, so Sesame was, um, he, was taken in by someone who didn't like you know wasn't really sure what was going on and so he developed some skin conditions and he kind of had imprinted Mm -hmm. and so at that point um you know there's always ones that are the goal is always to release release them back to the wild Mm -hmm. and so if they can't be released back to the wild um then it really depends on what state you're in there's different regulations like some insist that they be euthanized some say okay you, you have to get a special permit um 
So anyway, with Sesame, I, you know, I had not really too much of an idea what I was doing, but I knew like he was completely used to people, like he could not be released back to the wild. And then the thing is, they also only live for three years about. So, um, so he passed, you know, I had him for about three years. And then once he passed, I was like, okay, I'm really going to figure out how I can help them as a species. And, um, and that's when I started, you know, um, really seriously, like studying what they need, what the babies needed to be healthy, um, and then started doing the rehab and release. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so how many opossums have you cared for, met, had the pleasure of their company? Oh <laughs> Honestly, it's, um, it's at least hundreds. I mean, they, I think people, I know, I think people <sighs> underestimate what baby season can be like for for in in terms of wildlife, I mean, it is just a boom. And I, a lot of times they need to be fed um, every two hours, like round the clock. Wow. The baby pops do. I know. And sometimes you have so many that like by the time you get all the formula heated and you feed all of them, like the two hours is up and you have to start over again with the first one. Yeah, of course. <laughs> so, yeah. So it's a little, I mean, it's, it's just, it gets ridiculous. And I would honestly say hundreds because we get a lot of, um, we get a lot of litters that come in, you know, so like the mother with, especially with possums, but with all wildlife really, you know, if the mother gets hit by a car or something and passes away and then someone is caring enough to call about all the little babies in her pouch, um, you can have up to 13 babies at a time that come with one, one. I know. Yeah. They come from one person who's found them and is rescuing them. So, so t talk to me like about the setup, like, have you got an established rescue facility going are you doing this in your garden like how is this working <laughs> yes um, <laughs> that is a great question so a lot of rehabbers um do it from their houses and honestly like and i'm i'm no different i do all the sesame um sesame deposit rescue work from my house which oh my honestly God. works for most people i know it's, it really like takes over your life yeah. no joke <laughs> yeah i bet yeah but it's does but it's also like super rewarding it's a lot of fun like i've never i mean i've learned so much but also made like the best friends and like connections and had like the funnest times just doing it because i mean first of all you're helping the animals you're being involved with wildlife you know there's i mean there's a lot of like self-evident rewards but then um there's also just a lot of fun. Like there's a lot of creativity. I mean, I try to, you know, I obviously do a lot of artwork and like product design for mm. awesome stuff. Cause I think it's super fun. And it's the stuff that I want to buy if I need to get, you know, if I need to get like a new beach towel, I want it to have awesome. Design, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Honestly. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah, makes so, sense. Yeah. I know. Right. Yeah. It's, but yeah, so a lot of people um, do it from their homes. And then um, there is, there's like really no state or city funding for it um, that I, you know, um, I'm not sure what other states or cities are doing, but a lot of times there's no real, it's all just volunteer and it's all out of pocket. Wow. And, you know, people find ways to subsidize it or to, um, mm. you know, fundraise for it and things. So it, it can be really tough. It's emotionally draining, like financially draining, but it is super fun. Yeah. It's worth it. And, um, 
you know, I mean, I don't know. There's also like organizations like my sister and I are, uh, have incorporated like a NOLA wildlife center mm. to help like other rehab, you know, kind of like make a, um, like central place for the community to do, to bring wildlife that they find and wildlife do wildlife education and also support all the other rehabbers in New Orleans. Cause it's a, it's a big community. Yeah. Like we all kind of rely on each other. We all kind of like help mm. each other with materials we need or, you know, if you're, if I'm completely booked, I'm like, I can't take one, but you know, if you call so-and-so, I think she has space. So it's things like that. It feels like a cool secret network of, of rescuers. <laughs> <laughs> it really, it truly is. It really is. That's awesome. It's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, my question was going to be about like funding, like how, how does one fund something like this? Cause I'm, it doesn't sound like it would be like, lucrative so where you know you're not making a profit necessarily on um on yeah. all of the possums i mean i'm sure like merch and i know you have a book which is really cool yeah that's um that's been a big part of it for me has been that i kind of support it the way that i know how to do things which is working as an artist and product designer and kind of like writer and like I, i've always been interested in the creative side of things so i kind of i kind of like push more towards that. I know other people will do like donation based things or um, I mean, it's all sorts of things. And some people are incorporated as nonprofits, which our wildlife center is incorporated as nonprofit. But in terms of the possums, um, I have, you know, I do everything under the LLC um, because, you know, because I do the merch, I do all the art stuff. Um, so I just take that and then, you know, put it towards the possums because yeah. that's what I spent cool. all my money on. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, there's, there's, different avenues of funding but it's it's all kind of just you know trying to figure it out and doing what you can okay opossum wise uh right. i feel like they're a very misunderstood animal like yes kind of what yeah, you're saying they, so yeah we, i kind of want to just talk about them in general what are the yeah what do you want people to know about them because i feel like do they really okay. play dead <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, they really do. They really do. Okay, so that and wasn't that, just like a myth like that is actually no. a thing they do. Yeah, they really do. They really do play dead. And it's kind of like the fainting goats, you know, the goats that faint oh, yeah. when they get startled. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a lot of that. They do. So they really do play dead. Thankfully, I haven't actually seen any of them in my care play dead. Um, but that that makes me feel better because they really only do it when they're scared, when they're really like terrified for their life. So, um, so, you know, if they get attacked by a dog or something, they will play dead. And then they can be in that state of it's kind of like a corporate sort of a semi-comatose state for um like 40 minutes to four hours whoa i know i know so yeah if you see we tell people a lot of times if you see a possum and you're not sure whether it's dead or not like you can move it as safely as you can to like a shady spot or just get it somewhere like out of the way of danger but then just let it be sometimes yeah. it, it will or you can call a rehabber and they'll come figure it out yeah because sometimes that They'll, they'll just pop back up again and continue with that. Exactly, day. yeah. Exactly like, like nothing happened. They're like, oh. You said up to four hours? <laughs> yeah, That's I know. So up to wild. four hours and they have no control over it either. Oh. So I know. So it, it doesn't really seem like the best, the best application, <laughs> like to be honest. Because <laughs> <No>. I mean, <laughs> but it's, it's worked for them. I mean, you know, they've been around since the Jurassic period. So they have, they, I know. So they are very, they're like prehistoric animals. So cool. 
I guess a lot of animals are, but I mean, they are, they have remained unchanged, right? Yeah. I'm kind of surprised because you would think that like playing dead in the face of a predator, like not of your own volition and for four hours might mean you do actually end up dead, but like clearly not. Well, it kind of, it kind of does now after cars. And you know, they call it like rapid. I know it's so difficult. They call it like rapid evolution or whatever, but it's, we basically selected them. um, Part of why they only live like about an average of like one year in the wild. And then if they're like well taken care of, if they have a great life, it's they max out at about three years. And part of the reason why is because they've been so like unintentionally selectively bred by cars to age into reproduction quickly. Because the ones that the ones that would reproduce quickly are the ones that are passing on their genes. So the ones that aged quickly and met reach sexual like maturity quickly were the ones that were able to pass on. Whereas if you t- took too long to make babies, you got hit by a car. So like, it's, I mean, it's, it's really crazy. The effect that we've had on them as a species, yeah. given that they've like, they survived the dinosaurs, they survived everything, but then cars come along and they're like, well, <laughs> my God, know, we suck so badly. We suck so, so know. badly. Like these creatures have survived so much. And then we I come know. along with our stupid engines. <laughs> Right? You know what I mean? Like, can you know. imagine surviving like T Rexes and pterodactyls yeah. only to be like, what are these? Come on. <laughs> I know. I know. I'm sure. I'm sure there's some like, what do they call the paleontologist? Or I'm sure there's some dinosaur expert who is like horrified by my concept of time. But I, I know for a fact they've been around since the Jurassic. Yeah. I think, no, I think because yeah. I, also, I don't know if it's opossums, but I love learning about the giant versions of animals that were around oh, them too. You know, yeah, the megafauna. Yeah, that's my favorite. It's my favorite thing to Google. Yes. Like when I have a spare time and I'm just like, what do I want to look at? And I'm like, pictures of giant sloths. Exactly. Like giant anything. Like- why? Why did stuff stop being giant? Did it just get hunted? I think so. I, oh, I think smaller so we, so things us, could hide. So it was like us, us sucking again, basically. I don't, I don't think I it was think us. So. I think it was like pre-us even. Oh, pre-us. Okay, I think, that but makes it was. It's easier better. to hide from predators when you're not huge, forty feet long or whatever. Yeah. I don't know. I, don't oh. know. I know. Yeah. I w- that would be super interesting to look because I'm sure there's there's information out there about why the megafauna died yeah. off. Yeah. You know? And so opossums, they're marsupials. Is that that's right? Isn't it? Yeah. Is that not right? yeah. Okay, they are cool. So that is, yeah, that's absolutely correct. They're marsupials, and then opossums are the only marsupials that we have in the Americas. Oh wow! Um, okay, cool. Yeah, and so that includes all the opossums down in Central and South America. But as far as like North America goes, the Virginia opossum is the only marsupial that we have. Wow. Yeah. And so, do they? kind of have the same situation as like a koala where the little baby comes out before it's ready and then it wriggles its way into the pouch and it stays there. Yes. Is that how it works <laughs> yes. as well? Exactly. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're like the And it size looks like a little jelly bean at first and That's then it exactly like wriggles. Okay, cool. Yeah. I, I love that. <laughs> I once told these kids, um, like, because I did like a little kid education thing yeah. and brought like little bags of pink jelly beans for them. And like none of them wanted to eat them afterwards because I was like, these are like, size of baby possums and this is what they look like they're like little pink jelly beans <laughs> 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 they're like 
like none of them wanted to eat them. (laughs) Have you then, have you seen in real life the jelly beans? Oh, oh, the babies. I was like, wait, in like like a sweet shop? (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) I was like, have you not? Because I think that's more, that's a more important Never seen a jelly bean. Um, I have actually, and it is crazy. Um, I had one possum mom who came in. Um, she had gotten hit by a car and thankfully she didn't have any, like no broken bones or anything. So she just stayed with me for a little bit just to recover and everything. But she had babies in her pouch. And um, what's wild is that they, they're born, they crawl up, they have like little rudimentary arms and that's about it. So they like kind of climb their way up. Um, into the pouch and then they actually swallow one of 13 nipples that are in the mom's pouch wait i know so it's like a clock with one in the middle no what wait (laughs) what say that again (laughs) okay so the the mother possums have um 13 nipples in their pouch right okay so and it's kind of like a clock with one in the middle yes someone actually told us this didn't they alexis we had someone on that was like my favorite animal fact is that possums have like a middle nipple who was it no, that middle- said that? <laughs> yeah, someone said to us, they were like, my favorite animal fact is that they have a, a middle nipple, like a dart, like a dartboard, like a bullseye yeah. on a dartboard. Like, so funny. I wonder if it's like the coveted one, you know, like the babies are like, gotta get to the middle nipple. Yeah. And so all, so did the babies go to the middle nipple or do they just find any nipple? Well, they, I mean, I'm, I don't know for a fact, but I'm pretty sure they find any nipple. Cool. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but wow. they go... Yeah, they climb up and then they actually swallow the nipple and it it kind of go like it I guess it elongates to the point where it's like a little spaghetti type thing that goes in oh. like down their esophagus into their stomach. I wow. know. So that's why when as rehabbers, if the babies are young enough, if they're still if they would have still been nursing, you have to tube feed them. Right. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> I'm looking so at photos. Swallow- they swallow the nipple yeah. Yeah. and the nipple stays right. attached to mom, yeah. but is also exactly. feeding them. So it's like a combination of like. It's like a nip- yes. nipple like it's, it's umbilical like a t- cord. That's exactly what I was going to say. It's like a nipple umbilical cord. Yes, yeah. exactly. 100%. Exactly. That's incredible. I, I Googled it for, for photo reference and I'll say it's a little bit gross to look at, but it's fascinating. I'm going to look now. Yeah. yeah. So they're like, you know, they are that little kidney bean. Like, their their skin is so transparent and and goopy. And then seeing it, you're you're not finished. I know it's like seeing, seeing, yeah, exactly. Like seeing an embryo outside of where it's supposed to be. And that's, I mean, that's honestly what's happening. From they call them like pre placental mammals. Wow. So they're mammals, but they don't have instead of really having the like whole placenta thing, they they come out and nurse you know right i mean finish growing externally because even you know the pouch itself isn't what disney makes the pouches to look like (laughs) well you know what i i will tell you i was i was very relieved for some reason i don't know why and i would not i think every like you guys i think every animal is cute i honestly you know i don't really care because humans are gross too every everyone's gross yes but i was i was worried that their pouches would be a lot more gross than they actually are mm-hmm. like i was surprised that they are fur lined so they do oh. have the fur throughout the whole pouch that's nice i okay. know which is really nice so it's not it's not it, you're not like looking into like an ex- internal organ yes. or anything it's kind of more like a nice little 
Okay. Yeah, but it's not that nice because they do get some, you know, like rusty colored. There's like some discharges in there and there's right. all sorts of other stuff it's going a- on and it's super kind of humid in there. <laughs> yeah, that. I mean, it makes sense. Like it's for babies to live in. So it's got to be warm and yeah. moist and kind of gross. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I cannot believe no. they swallowed the nipples. I know. Oh, I know. Isn't that wild? I'm going to literally... the after this, like, run outside and be like to my fiance, like, Michael, a possum yes. baby swallow the nipples. Like, I'm going to be telling everybody I meet for the next week really about the possum baby swallowing yeah. nipples. Wow. Oh, my God. What do opossums eat? Oh, so they are um, opportunistic omnivores. So they will honestly eat anything. And they're actually immune to uh, viper venom. So, like, wow. all the pit vipers, all the snakes and stuff, they can get they can get um bitten by you know a pit viper and not have any reaction Whoa. nothing that's why they've lasted so long man they're just like ain't yeah. nothing taking us out you right know? right <laughs> yeah they're like try your hardest yeah. <laughs> oh i just i feel like i've learned something about um like fleas and ticks they can also they have yes special, yeah they right? do um so they eat a lot of bugs yeah and then there's been a couple studies that have shown that they eat a lot of ticks um like in the past year or two, there were people who came out refuting or at least like challenging how accurate the studies were because they were saying, well, they were done in a captive environment. So we don't know if that's what happens in the wild. So okay. basically the end of the story was like, we need a lot more research to say that for sure. But they do, I can tell you from like watching them outside and everything, they will eat cockroaches. I mean, they eat literally like any bug wow. that's around, they will eat it. And even the little ones, you know. I, so they'll eat, um, yeah, they'll eat ticks if they're there. Gotcha. That's so cool. Do they have any natural predators? Um, so not really natural ones. I mean, like we talked about with the cars, cars yeah. um, are a problem. But yeah, I think they've just kind of done so well at staying under the radar, maybe, that like they don't really have any natural predators. Even, you know, when they're small, um, cats and yeah. other Right. Yeah, like other prey-driven animals will react to them because they're small and they look like little scurrying mice and stuff. And, you know, they basically are, like, at that stage, they're easy for animals like that to get. Um, but once they're full-grown, you know, they can, they weigh, like, about, I'd say maybe, like, 15 to 20 pounds when they're full-grown. Um, so, you know, and some are bigger. I had one that was 22 pounds. Wow. Like, they get big. big. <laughs> but anyway, when they're, when they're full grown, you know, like cats aren't interested in them anymore. Um, you know, things like that. Yeah. So I'm sure out so here, you... the coyotes would be yeah. an issue, but that's just regional. Yeah, you know, kind of, but they, they do, you know, playing dead, I think does benefit them in some ways. Cause I think coyotes, I guess they're kind of like scavengers in a way too, but they, they do a pretty convincing job of playing dead and they will admit like a scent, you know, from right. their anal glands that's like, so they're bad, like, oh, this so... is rotten. We can't eat this. Whoa. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. So I think there's some animals that, that um, yeah, that won't scavenge. So yeah. if it's dead, they won't touch it. I don't know. Coyote, I don't know coyotes are like that, but, you know, I think some of them like wolves and things like that, they'll just be like, no, it's bad. Right. You know? Oh, wow. So, because, yeah. so you've got the Virginia opossum in North America mm-hmm. and then in like South and Central America, you've got more. Um, what yeah. kind of environment do they like to live in? Uh, so, you know, it really depends. I guess they're, they're technically, they're called arboreal. So they, they do climb in the trees and stuff, but I've noticed as they get older, they don't do as much climbing. 
Um, but I think most, Same. most <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> yeah, they're kind of like ground, you know, ground oriented. Um, but yeah, I think most of them, like most of them are kind of trees. They like warmer climates, although yeah. there's some that, uh, some of the Virginia opossums have gone up to Canada and stuff. Wow. Okay, we're going to take a quick break and then we'll be right back with more from Ali and the opossums. I'm Emily Heller. And I'm Lisa Hannawalt. And we're the hosts of Baby Geniuses. We've been doing our podcast for over 10 years. When we started, it was about trying to learn something new every episode. Now it's about us trying to actively get stupider. And it's working. (laughs) Hang out with us and you'll hear us chat about... Gardening. Horses. Various problems with our butts. And all the weird stuff that makes us horny. That's so weird, all that stuff. (laughs) Baby Geniuses, a show for adult idiots. Every other week on Maximum Fun. Baby Geniuses, we know everything. The following pro wrestling contest is scheduled for one fall. Making their way to the ring from the Tights and Fights podcast are the baddest trio of audio, the hair to beware, Danielle Radford. It really is great hair. The Brit with a permit to hit, Lindsay Cow. The queen is dead. Long live the queen. And the fast-talking, fist-clocking Hal Uplin. See, I can wrestle and be an announcer. Get ready for tights and fight. Listen every Saturday or face the pain. Find us on Maximum Fun. No ring the bell. Did you hear there was one? Well, I don't know if you would hear. I heard because I have my Google alert set to like, oh, you know, everything possible. I'm like, if anyone's talking about possums, I need to know. um, There's, (laughs) there was this possum, I think his name was Grubby. I think it was Grubby in Alaska who went on a shipping container from Washington State and ended up in Alaska, right? Buddy. I know. He just, she like, she wanted a cruise. She was like, it's been a tough year. Exactly. I need a little holiday. It also sounds like the start of a Pixar movie. I know, yeah, right? Really does. Like yeah. a little opossum braving the, the oh wilderness. Well, yeah, yeah, braving the cold. Exactly. Yeah. Well, so the only problem was they considered they considered her invasive because um, they don't have possums in Alaska. Right. Like they've never they've never had them naturally, um, and like she wouldn't have really gotten there if it weren't for the boat. Yeah. You know. It's so, so um, but then she escaped. <laughs> So they, there was like this whole big, uh, like search for her. Let me see. I'm trying. Oh yeah. Her name was Grubby. Okay. So there was this whole big search for her. (laughs) Yeah. And they tried Here, I'm going to send in the chat. I'm going to send the link. Um, so they tried to find Grubby and the like Anchorage police basically had to be like, you know, don't be afraid to report Grubby. If you see her, we're not going to hurt her. We just, you know, basically we just want to talk. <laughs> like, <and> they, <laughs> so like they finally, they did find Grubby, right? Yeah. And they put her, they took her to the Anchorage Zoo, which I was pretty happy with. Cause they were like, okay, we don't want her euthanized. We don't want anything. They took her to the Anchorage Zoo and then, and then she was missing for like a couple months or something. And then they found people started seeing babies running around. And Grubby had babies. 
But with who? Who who was who was who was the baby? Who was the baby daddy? That is such a good question. He must have been in Washington. She must have been already. Already She must have already had little jelly beans in her pouch. Oh my god! So funny. She was like, I'm going to Alaska to give my kids a better life. (laughs) The quality of air there is better. (laughs) Oh, grubby. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, there's no no competition from other possums. No nothing. (laughs) Real estate is cheap there. It's perfect. Yes, yes. Obviously, like this is, I love learning these science facts, but also like, what are they like? with you socially like are they cuddly are they playful like what is it like to actually be interacting with them yeah yeah so it's it's so um it's so different to each one mm-hmm. honestly and as a rehabber like doing rehab and like people, since we to always release them back to the wild um we uh, you know you're not supposed to like not play with them because you can right. do enrichment and stuff like that but, um, you know, you're not supposed to get them used to people. Yeah. So you're not supposed to, um, you know, like try to domesticate them, try to cuddle them, everything else. Yeah. Um, but I have seen, so I have seen a lot that retain are just like wild from the start and want like are very skittish of people. So those ones I'm very cautious around. Like I provide all their enrichment, but I let them do it themselves. Yeah. You know, I let them everything. I don't, I don't want to stress them out. But, um, but there's some of them that are just like so chill and so calm and and there's just some that you can tell just like people and then overall as a species they're very docile Mm -hmm. like they're such gentle animals anyway that any ones that i've seen that appear to be aggressive you if you really pay attention to the signals that they're showing it's it's actually just that they're afraid yeah 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 um you know so i feel like a lot of people think that they're going to get attacked and I'm like they will not attack you yeah and also a little bit it's like with what like they're <laughs> right they don't have like yeah sure they have what a mouth they but like they're, that's fine <laughs> yeah but what about one like sesame who was like you know you rescued from a home environment how yes. is that different yeah, from, they... yeah so yes um but I also have noticed that I think some of them is just kind of innate, like their, their personality, they all have different personalities, honestly. Yeah. Um, but I think some of them just from the beginning are for some reason, just, um, like chill with people, not worried at all, mm-hmm. like not skittish at all. Cause I've met, um, some that people have tried to like just over the years i've met a couple that people have tried to domesticate or mm-hmm. to keep as pets but you can tell that they just never grow out of that like wild yeah you know not like they're they're always easily startled everything else and i'm like those ones it's just part of their personality that they are like they are wild and you can tell they kind of want to be wild yeah you know? yeah yeah absolutely i i think it's more like a nature than a nurture thing for most of them yeah you mentioned enrichment what is an opossum enrichment yeah. entail? <laughs> so <laughs> it's lots of climbing, um, lots of like when they really love something, they'll do something called slubbing. Like they lick it a lot and then they rub their faces on it. Oh. I know it's really cute. It's That's a lot like so cats, cute. but like, yeah, it's super cute. It's, it's like cats, but like times like a thousand because they get so into it and they're like obsessive about it. like they just go they're just, like, rubbing their whole face and they slobber and then rub their faces on it so <laughs> anything you can find that they are like excited about that 
that like like I had um with sesame for some reason I had this like rubber mallet that I don't even know what it was for it was like in the garage and he was obsessed with it so that was like his favorite thing in the world he would like he would just slobber on that thing (laughs) for like hours so with enrichment I think it's just like putting things in there that stimulate that get them excited it's a lot of like climbing they also really like wheels like the babies the same way every once in a while on like Instagram or on socials, I'll post videos of them like running on their wheels. Yeah. They love it. That's Aww. so cute. It's so cute. I know. Ugh. And there was, I've done so much um, research. So I have the first book, which is um, possum, called Possums Are Not Cute and Other Myths. Mm-hmm. So it's, uh, it like goes through all the myths about possums. Like people think they carry rabies, but they don't. Right. So that's like a big myth. Yeah. Um, but then there's also, yeah, so I, I did a lot of what I know about possums was learned from experience and also the research I did for that book. And um, and I came across this one study that this woman had put a wheel, this uh, scientist, like researcher, put a wheel out in the wild and then recorded like whether animals actually used it like for fun and pleasure yeah. when there was no food, no other, no other reward involved except for just like running. And, um, and they did like they, she found, and she even found like frogs, like went on the wheel and like came back to it <laughs> and like my, you know, like little field mice would yeah. be running on the, you know, and she set up a camera and stuff. But anyway, so it's basically kind of like this biologist perspective on, you know, what, what animals do for pleasure. And sometimes just that movement and that exercise is like pleasurable to them and they just do it for fun. Like there's no, you know, there's no food at the end, yeah. no anything else. They just want to go on a little, you know, a, a little, little ride. Wheel. <laughs> Honestly, that's yeah. so impressive. I only ever do exercise if there's food promised at the end. So, true. I know. You know, like, I, know. I know. I literally thought of that and I was like, I have a treadmill that is like collecting dust. <laughs> I'm like, why? <laughs> why can't I find something? Maybe a trampoline would be mm. like, would get me out oh, of there. That would be so much fun. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> But even I feel like I would probably get like I would like it for like the first couple times and then it would also collect us. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, also humans, we figured out. <laughs> yeah, they spend that like imagine being a little mouse where you spend most of your life like running from place to place. And then you see a wheel that you get to run on and that's exciting. Like that's. Yeah. Right. I, I, I wish that was me. Like I. You know. <laughs> no. Oh, my God. Yeah. I know I can't my brain can't even like process like I'm trying to come up with analogies like showing up to work for fun or like what exactly. you know what I mean yeah, yeah. showing like, up to like a nine to five office job for fun like why yeah <laughs> why but also with the added threat of like it's not just your job it's like the thing that keeps you from like being murdered like do you know what I mean because yes. it's your job but also if you don't go to work you die right <laughs> right right like the stakes are a little too high the stakes are fun. so high like <laughs> Oh, I've been running for my life all day. You know what I fancy doing now? Running. Running. Right. <laughs> Stationary. Wild. Right. Oh my God. You're so right. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what it is. <laughs> do you, what, tell us about, do you have any current opossums? Who's, who's on your, your, yes, your roster right sauce. now? <laughs> oh yes. Applesauce. Yeah. So I have a little applesauce. Oh my gosh. So applesauce was stuck under a fridge and the guy that found him was so sweet but he was like, I have a house cat and she's been sitting by the fridge, like looking under the fridge for like a few days, for like three or four days. Wow. And he was like, I didn't know what's going on, but then I heard some scratching under there. So that's when he got applesauce. Like he finally got her out and called me. And um, wow. anyway, so then I put applesauce in, but she hadn't eaten or drinking for, she hadn't like oh. eaten or drank anything for like three, you know, yeah. I think it must've been like three or four days, except for, I don't know if there were like little water under the fridge, whatever. 
But anyway, so she was like emaciated, dehydrated. I wasn't, I know I was so like cautiously optimistic with her yeah. and like guarded in terms of thinking. And now she is like the plumpest little, like strongest. I mean, she's just like, and she's so like her hair just like poofed out. Yeah. So anyway, I'm, I'm so like pleased with how she's doing. She's and so cute. So cute. She like, is so cute, isn't she? She's so cute. I really, I want like a phone case that says like, Apple Sauce's number one fan. And it's just <laughs> oh like, and it's just like her sitting on an apple or something. Mm, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, I want, I oh want Apple God. Sauce fan merch. Yeah. So, right. Okay. So, okay. Yeah. Page. Yes. I just, I'm literally obsessed with her. She's so yeah. cute. Oh my gosh. I need to make a separate, separate page on the merch site, on the Sesame yeah. site. Yeah. Of just Apple, just sauce, merch, apple you know? sauce. Yeah, please. She's so cute. And it should be password protected. So you have to like write <laughs> yes. and say about applesauce. About your access. love of applesauce. You have to be in the club. <laughs> yeah. For me, it's her bright button eyes. Yeah. The way that yeah. she's just like, so like excited oh by life. God. She's so I cute. Know. Oh my God. Can I tell you, for me, it was like the one of a couple times, like a couple pictures that I took of her after her hair started really like fluffing out and her, the hair around her head is just like perfectly round. Like it looks like it was snipped by, you know, when groomers do the Pomeranian, yeah. little, like, I was like, did someone give you a haircut? So, okay. Obviously applesauce. Are there any other ones or, is, or are you just with applesauce currently? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So right now it's not um it's not baby season. Mm-hmm. So all the babies that I have have had have gone back out in the wild, mm-hmm. like thankfully. Yeah. And then applesauce was kind of I guess she was a late bloomer because she was still pretty small when I got her, yeah. uh, when I took her in. And um she I guess I've had her. I also like I have no concept of time, but I think I don't know how long I've had her. I would have to look through, you know, because it's an objective thing I could figure out. I would have to look through my um the insta post. Yeah. But anyway, as long i've had her she's like she's you know she's um she's really like improved so i'm hoping she can go back out in the wild um as soon as she's like big enough you know and she's really strong now but i want her to be like strong enough and big enough that you know the cats won't get her and yeah. things. um so then she can go back out in the wild and um yeah then it'll be only like really only if there's um adults you know like hit by car or yeah like adults that get injured or something and then i'll take them in and care for them you know as long as they need they need it until they're good to go back um but yeah so it's it's really nice like as crazy as things are during baby season as soon as things slow down it's like that's when i get to take a time to have get a breather yeah. and you know like work on new designs and kind of do more of the outreach stuff and the education things because when it's baby season it's all just like formula and tube feeding and everything else like all day every day yeah so and I'm like, I'm super grateful now that it's just applesauce and then like two adults that are in like various stages of recovery and then that, and that's it. Oh yeah. yeah. It's like much more manageable. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, I do want to know how, like, if someone was interested in learning to do what you do, how, how would you suggest getting involved in like becoming a rehabber or like that process? Oh yeah. 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 100%. Um, so it's all, it all depends on each state. Mm-hmm. So the state department of wildlife and fisheries, I'm pretty sure it's, it's universal through every state. And this would be in the U S right. um, in the UK and then other places. I know there's a lot of different regulations, yeah. um, but at least in the U S it's done by state and the state wildlife and fisheries department um, usually has someone who will handle all the permitting in terms of wildlife rehabilitation. 
So um, it's usually like a certain number of hours of supervised um, work with like a licensed rehabber. Mm -hmm. And then there's usually like a test that you take, you know, but it's, it will be one that they prepare you for and they tell you what you need to know. Right. So it's kind of just, just making sure that you're aware and familiar with all the things that you need to know. Um, and my biggest recommendation, like for someone who wants to get involved is to even just like Google the, the nearest wildlife rescue center to you mm -hmm. or like Google, you know, wildlife rehabilitators near me. Um, and then, you know, at, call them up or contact them and ask how you can help ask if you can volunteer. Cause a lot of them, if you are, um, like, I think when I was growing up, I don't know, there were a lot of regulations about working directly with the animals and there still are, if they're like rabies vectors or things. But I know at least for a lot of wildlife centers, you can volunteer. And as long as there's a licensed staff member there, um, you can volunteer and work with the animals. You know, you'll yeah. probably be doing a lot of cleaning and like stuff like that. But I mean, that's what all of us do anyway, yeah. like whether you're licensed or not. It's all, you know, all animal care is like cleaning and doing doing all that stuff. So, um, yeah. So I think the best thing would be to like get involved with any of the wildlife rescues near you. Mm -hmm. And then they will... I mean, there are never enough wildlife rehabbers. Like, I think people think there's like a barrier to entry or think, oh, I don't know how to get involved. And it's like, there, there is a huge need for them, yeah. you know, and they, I mean, yeah, people, there are people who would love to have you involved because it means, you know, more hands on deck means like more animals get cared for. Yeah. So, yeah. So everyone will like welcome you with open arms and you just express the interest and then like, try and find the right people just to say, Hey, can I help out? Um, yeah, it's, you know, I think that's the best way to get started at least. And then, yeah. then you can go from there. That's super helpful. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. I think it's time for our, our final question. Um, and this is, <gasps> we have to ask this to everybody. Um, and obviously we've been talking about opossums a lot, but it does, that doesn't have to be the answer to the question. I just want to prep that now. Um, okay. <laughs> okay. the question is, if you were an animal, what animal would you be? Oh my God. Oh my God. You know, that's such a, okay. I feel like before I started possum rescue, mm -hmm. um, I have no idea what I would have been. Um, let me think. <laughs> I don't know, but I turned into a possum. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> since working with them, sure. like a hundred percent, like. And whether I wanted to or not, you know what I mean? Yeah. It just turned into it. And that's what, like, the, so the new book, I know my publisher should, like, tell me if I didn't you mention it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The new book, please. When in Doubt. Yeah. So the new book, it's When in Doubt, Play Dead. It comes out October 17th. I love that. And, uh, that's so good. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm so excited for it. We have, like, a whole, I have put up a whole page about it on the website, but it's, it's life advice or it's, like, all the things that, um, like I've learned about life through possums from the possum perspective. So it's like illustrated life advice from a possum perspective. And, um, I feel like possums have like, to go back to the question of what animal I would be, I think like becoming a possum has been a lot like super beneficial actually to my like relationships, to my mental health, to my like outlook on life, yeah, just everything. Cause I feel like it's, don't know they've taught me so much about and I know people like everyone pretty much everyone who works in animal rescue I think will say the same thing about all animals but like they teach you a lot about resilience but also about letting go 
about like living in the moment. Mm. You know, I mean, there's, you see animals who've been through like horrible things, but mm. as soon as, you know, if they have like a soft bed and they have food and clean water, like they, they enjoy it. Like they take yeah. a moment to like accept it and enjoy it and appreciate it. And just like, just bask in that while it, when it's there, you know? So I'm always like amazed at their ability to yeah. like not, on to this negativity if it's not serving them like kind of just I don't know and and also with possums like since they only live three years yeah it's um you get used to like saying goodbye a lot you know yeah and um and I like yeah like that's kind of I mean that's helped me a lot because it's kind of helped me to live in the moment too because I'm like you know what like it's a natural part of life you know we're not you know like it's just people animals people everyone like nobody lives forever and that has to be okay like we just you know we've got to enjoy while we're here and who knows what's next but yeah you know it doesn't really matter I really need to learn from possums man like I'm always seized (laughs) by existential dread and anxiety so (laughs) I need to just like be more a possum (laughs) right well you know the good news is that there's not that you don't have pressure to not be seized by existential dread because possums like pretty much always you know like they always look like they are anyway like if you like you know when they sometimes they're super like they look super cute and they're smiling but then there's times also where they just yeah have that moment where they're like what is happening what is going on yeah so I feel like it's okay too to feel that you know yeah like I think that's the biggest thing about um when I was writing and illustrating when in doubt play dead I just I felt like at least with like the possum perspective on life, there's really no pressure. Like I always felt like when people say, oh, you know, you have to be grateful, you have to do this. I was like, that's so much pressure. Like, I feel like I'm doing it wrong or I'm not being grateful enough or, um, you know, and I kind of feel like the whole idea or at least like what I, what I wanted to like include, make sure to include in this book was like, just to take the pressure off, you know, like you don't have to constantly feel like you're doing it right. Just, yeah. you know, like it's, it just matters whether you like let yourself enjoy things or not you know yeah absolutely oh I love that yeah I love that too and plus I just like it was so fun doing all the illustrations because possums honestly like are so cute and I was like I'm yeah (laughs) I'm gonna try and make these drawings of possums that I can yeah yeah absolutely and hopefully it worked out I don't know I've heard like I've gotten really good reviews so far and I'm like, that's so exciting to me because I'm just, I'm I don't know. So Obviously I love possums, so I want everyone to love them. Of course, yeah. but still. Yeah. Um, oh, congrats on your book. Yeah. I'm so excited to read it and all the work you're doing is incredible. Oh, like, it's thank just you. so cool. It's so cool. Thank um, you so much. And please, can you tell oh Applesauce that I love her? Yeah. From me? Give Applesauce our best. Oh my God, I will. I will, I will tell her you're... You're her number one fan. Please do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Um, and again, of course, the Instagram is it's me, Sesame, if anyone's yes. not following you yes. already. But yeah. they, that, they probably already are. Like, it's yeah, so They good. have to be. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> thank you so much for being on our show. This is so wonderful. Yeah. Thank you. Oh, thank you guys so much for having me, honestly. First of all, Ali and the Possums is a great band name. Really good. We realized after recording. Yeah, excellent. Excellent band yeah. name. Second of all, I'm I can't stop thinking about the the, the nipple that the babies swallow. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't stopped thinking about it since it got brought up. And I, I, I to can't the point where I was like it. distracted. Where I was like, I gotta focus on other things, but I'm still thinking about the, the swallowed nipple. I can't I 
I didn't know. I did not know. (laughs) And I I guess... Truly wild. Because we we also, we know about the kidney bean crawling up. So I was like, I think I get it. I see what happens. It's weird, but like... I, I, I understand but I it. thought that was the the, the weird thing yes. with marsupials but then actually no they topped they topped it they topped it and like weirdly I'm like that's the weird thing I can that's the weird thing <laughs> I didn't know it's wild it also just makes me think like because at the moment I'm also producing a podcast um for BBC Radio 4 here mm. about childbirth yeah and I'm just like mothers of all species go through it like they go through mm-hmm. it you Absolutely. know, like it, whatever you are, mammal or marsupial, you go through it, don't you? I, like, I, okay, as a mother getting their nipple swallowed, what is that like? Do they feel right? it? I don't know. I mean, guess can you imagine? Mother, not at all. Not even a little <laughs> bit. <laughs> like, I don't even know what it's like to breastfeed normal, let alone yeah. the whole thing gets swallowed. The- and then they're just attached to you for a while. Can you imagine? I like. I'm really uh, glad that my imagination actually doesn't stretch that far because I think that like <laughs> that's kind of wild. It's honestly a very good. Don't steal this. It's a good premise for like a sci-fi dystopian future of. Oh, it is, isn't right? it? What like a human with thirteen nipples yeah. and the babies are just. Yeah. Yeah. There's something. There's something about that. That's a lot, isn't that? Yeah. Like. Yeah. Don't steal that if you heard that. Um. <laughs> yeah, T T M Alexis Preston. <laughs> um, yeah, obviously, if you're not following Allie, go do it because those photos are so cute. Yeah, they're so she's, cute. She's incredible at capturing like truly the cutest. Because also, like around here, we see them, and I've always thought they were cute. But I do know, like, people are mean to them. People are yeah, like, I can imagine treat them like you know. I mean, I don't like this either, but like treat them kind of like big rats and kind of shoo them yeah. away. And like, they're so sweet and docile. And like, she's just doing a great job of like showing like, look, no, they're adorable. Yeah. You don't have to be afraid of them. They're just chill. Yeah. Chill little guys just hanging out, you yeah. know. Um, follow us on Discord. Uh, let us know if you have any opossum encounters or possum encounters if you're in australia um, yes please let us know uh follow us on instagram obviously if you're not uh send us your ready pet goes or also if you have any like wildlife rehabilitation experiences i would love to know about that that would be so cool yeah, yeah. just animal encounters generally we yeah. just love to hear I about do. um i think that's it for this week yeah yeah Sounds good. I've been Alexis B. Preston. I've been Ella McLeod. Maximum Fun, a worker-owned network of artist-owned shows. Supported directly by you.